Welcome, everyone, to Subtle Interference. I'm your host, Bob. I'm your other host, Alex. Joining us over in the corner, uh, rolling up a D&D character, special guest, Erica. Say hi to the people. Hello. What's going on? Thanks My roles for are... being here. Thank you. In your it. own home. We you know, I really had to make an effort today. Yeah. So, And the character's pretty much rolled. I've just got to pick up my skills and stuff now. How are you? How are you enjoying your new D and D purchases? Oh my! Uh, stupidly expensive uh, hot purple heart dice tray from Wormwood. It's it's lovely, and I uh, am in love with my amethyst dice. Good. They rolled very well for me on Thursday. I'm very happy. Yeah. For how, you. How much did this spectacular piece of wood cost you? Over two hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it was worth it. I mean, to me, it was. Yeah, that's why I said it was worth it. Was I was reaffirming your excellent purchase. See, me, I'm a little more ashamed of how much the dice cost because it's it's dice. And how mu- how I, much? I paid ninety dollars for a set of dice. They are made of amethyst, though. Let's not forget the dice. Holder. Oh yes, I need to buy the dice vaults as well, which Vault. I believe was definitely wasn't thirty five dollars. It was more than that. I don't remember how much it was. It was an expensive C two E two this year. Speaking of dice, not to spoil anything from the newest episode of the challenge, because I know you guys haven't watched it yet. But at one point, they do something involving how many numbers are on uh, what does the numbers on dice add up to yeah and someone someone randomly goes 22 like they're trying to say the wrong thing to throw someone off they get it and no and paulie is standing there he goes it's 21 and kyle was competing at that time that was not for you alex that was for bob the dog (laughs) Kyle was competing at the time. And Kara, of course, always wants Kyle to fuck up everything. So she goes, well, now he knows. And Kyle just turns and goes, I can count, Kara. (laughs) Well, the latest episode we watched, it does seem to be getting to Kyle a little bit. I have to say, they've actually managed to turn Kyle into a sympathetic character, which is amazing. And he's been awesome in the interviews all season, I think. He's been great. I, I put him second only to Turbo, oh, Turbo. in outstanding interviews. <laughs> Turbo's, Turbo's a delight this season. Was it when, I think it was when um, Bear was clearly cheating, or playing two women with Georgia and the girl at home, and they cut to Turbo, and he's just sitting in the corner, sipping on his drink, and he goes... You have to cut off his dick. <laughs> I mean, you got to do what you got to do, man. I really can't stand Bear. He's so fucking annoying. But he brings something to the show. He does, but... He's oh not trying to play anybody else. He's playing Bear. I mean, that's fair. I hate when people come on the show and they're clearly trying to play other people they've seen on the show. Bear is Bear... Turbo's Turbo and Kyle's Kyle. And so I like Bear, all those guys. Bear is an incredibly effective heel. Yes, it's very true. And, you know, there are times where 99% of the time I want, I, I just want Bear off the show so bad. But then there's that 
little sliver of time where you're like, okay, that was kind of funny. Well, and I mean, he's getting it done in elimination so far, so it's like... He's so annoying, he's annoying Wes. Yeah. Which is like... <laughs> it's impressive. That's an achievement. It is an achievement. Well, Wes... Um, Wes has actually played a pretty good game this season so far. Has he? Eh, I don't know that I would agree with that. I, well, this he's aligned himself with Hunter. Well, he didn't have a lot of choices, <laughs> but I mean, he's winning though. You know, fair. You know, he he did go into one elimination, which he won. Um, and I, I, yeah, I mean, political wise, yeah, I probably one of Wes's weaker se- seasons, but uh, it, it's like. Well, and you're waiting for the one big cock up that really fucks him because that's what usually happens well, with Wes. I did like when Hunter was burning all his bridges as he always does, mm-hmm. and Wes just stops him and he tells him, "You think your heart? You think the challenge is one here and here?" And he grabs his arm like muscles and he points at his heart, and he goes, "It's not one there; it's one here." And he points at his head, and that's what Hunter truly does not understand. Yeah. yeah. Well, I wonder, I I would really love to sit down with Wes and talk to him about this season and be like, why? Why, Hunter? Was there really nobody else? Because you can't trust Polly. No. No. No one can trust Polly, including including Kara. What was I going to say about No, the thing that really annoys me about Hunter is he acts like he's this, like, good dude. He's really just this titanic piece of shit. Oh, yeah. So, mm. well, he nah. he has a he has Hunter. a huge temper. He 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 gets set off really quickly. I mean, I will say, last season he was completely justified in his fury. I think Hunter, what I kind of view him as is, I think he truly does have a good heart, but because of where he grew up and his upbringing, he has some wacky views on the world. Like he clearly does not view any women is equal to him he's one of those people yeah, no not at all but that's probably because of where he grew up which fine i'm i'm not gonna give him a pass for that but i'm just saying i know well uh, ashley she, i mean everyone hates ashley she's just the devil though Ashley sucks if, if you're all your dealings with women are constantly dealing with the ashley's of the world of course you're going to have a negative view on women. <laughs> I mean, what can you do? I'm just mad she's won two challenges. Should she should not have. No. I'm I'm mad I'm mad I'm mad they fucked Amanda this season because I think she was having a fun season and having a lot of good commentary and they totally screwed her on that elimination. Oh, which one was that? It was against Cam and Ashley where they specifically told them you're not allowed to go back to back they get up like pretty high and then they eventually fall because they don't go back to back and then cam and ashley go back to back was that that one where it was like the slide yeah it was like it kept getting wider that's right yeah yeah Yeah. you kind of had to go back to back to get any higher yeah Yeah, that high they told them they couldn't so they didn't and then the other people cheated like did you watch that video explaining what happened no so you kind of see it on TV where uh, Josh and Amanda get pretty high. I mean, I'd say they get like 80% of the way up. Mm-hmm. And then because they were told you can't go back to back to get any higher, they eventually fell. And then Cam and Ashley were just sitting at the bottom, I guess, kind of waiting to see how high they would get. 
and then they went and eventually did get higher than Josh and Amanda, but they went back to back at the end to do it. And so what happened that they don't show you on TV because it all got edited is uh, I was watching, I think it was D who explained all of this in an interview. And this is the type of stuff she'll probably get in trouble for because you're not supposed to like talk about all the fixing of the game happens. Right. But she said when they got higher than when Josh and Amanda, where Josh and Amanda got, they were higher and production like didn't say anything. TJ didn't say anything. And they're like, we won, right? Like we're higher. And they all just kind of looked at him. Probably because they were running in their heads like, wait, you guys cheated, but we kind of want you to win. (laughs) So and then so they eventually just were like, yeah, we won. And they just slid down and no one said anything. And then production walked away for about half an hour, they said. Oh, for like a discussion. Came back and said, Ashley and Cam won. And there was like no other talk of it, even though they clearly cheated. That's pretty shitty. Mm hmm. See, that's the thing. With you know, stuff like that really bothers me. Like, I, I am not as bothered when they clearly set something up for someone to lose. But you know, once you've defined the rules and you put them in the arena, you know, you should you follow the rules you set. Yeah. You know, right at the very least. Well, and they, they do that all the time. Where not that necessarily but they do clearly pick eliminations that favor one person over the other to get a desired result mm-hmm. that's not to say like the other person couldn't win but i think they kind of saw you know josh was terrible they just wanted to get rid of him yeah he was he was bad and amanda's mm-hmm. great tv but her partner sucked yeah I just love, I do, I just love, I don't know. I've loved Amanda from day one because Amanda just has this massive chip on her shoulder and she just isn't putting up with anybody's shit. What you got to appreciate? <laughs> I love this season. They're they're doing that uh, Troika or whatever the fuck they're calling it this season. The Tribunal. Tribunal. And Johnny says something to her and she just says, eat shit, Johnny, and walks away. Yeah. I do think she's at it. She's got a blind spot for Ashley as well, though, because yeah. she just every season she does whatever Ashley wants. Which is like, what? What are you doing? Well, it's like there's that line between maintaining your alliance and letting yourself get fucked over, and that's exactly what she's let herself. Uh, well, let and, to her. and, yep. and I will say maybe they're splitting money. If they're splitting money. Then it makes sense. No, is that something that happens frequently on the show? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, ba- backroom deals where, you know, we'll pool our money, whatever we win, and split it. Well, think about it. Why Why do you think, you know, I'm sure Kenny, Evan, Johnny had that arrangement. Yeah. You know, and that's why their, their alliance is so rock solid because they know we're, we're coming home with money. You know, as long as one of us wins and we maintain our agreement, you know, we're going to get a cut. Um, That's why I think a lot, you know, I bet you a lot of the the younger cast doesn't do that. And that's why the alliances have largely been pretty weak last couple of seasons. Yeah. 
I mean, think when's the what's the last really great alliance? I mean, the UK alliance has been really strong this year, but that's largely oh, because the, they've been winning the, lav- the lavender do, ladies. Like their yeah. own anything of their own doing though with the UK alliance. It's not no. like they have any great strategy going in. No, it's they just, just keep winning. Right. Well, and the uh, the other folks didn't really get together to unite against them. Yeah. No, if everyone Which else is had, on them. had you know lined up, but then you get these old vets that have lingering resentments that don't that refuse to budge on each other well that's what's to die that's one of the strange things is Polly and Kara are just absolutely determined to eliminate Kyle and he's not it doesn't even seem like he's really a member of that UK alliance no Kyle just kind of seems to be doing his own thing yeah no he's from the UK but he's not part of the alliance yeah so they're dead set on eliminating him, but in the meantime, the UK alliance just stays around and gets bigger because everyone else is getting eliminated. Well, and I will say therein lies the problem. You have a lot of people who are looking to their own shits, and it's like you guys are missing the forest for the trees because they're going to eliminate all of you, and oh, well, you got your guy out, but now you're not even in the game. You're not winning any money. Did you? Yep. So did you see that line from Kara I was telling you about last weekend where Paulie was competing? And I forget exactly what was the competition in the episode you guys watched where they're swinging across the truck, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So they're doing that. And Kara's standing there <laughs> with all the, the group of people. And Kyle's sitting right behind her. It was another great camera shot. And Kara just goes, if I just had to have one penis for the rest of my life, it would be his. And you see Kyle in the background rolling his eyes like, oh, my God, would you shut up? Well, you know, I don't know what MTV's thoughts are on this, but anytime I see Kara on the TV right now, I'm like, I just come and go as quickly as possible. (laughs) She's so annoying. I just don't care. It's like it's just so overdone and... She's clearly playing it up. I was just going to say, for it's TV. being played to the nth degree, and it's, it's just kind of like... Because I do like Kara, but she's getting on my nerves this season. Yeah. Do you like her this season? It's getting to a point where it's just like, okay, take it down. A couple notches. All right? We get it. Like 17 notches? You like fucking your boyfriend. That's great. First day they walk into the house, I'm going to fuck you here. I'm going to fuck you here. And that's great. You know? Like, that's great. No one cares. All right, I'm bored. Let's talk about Bioware. <laughs> <laughs> you want a great, great segue? Can you, can you give us? Can you give us the summary of the article that Kotaku wrote, Bob? Um, yes. Yeah, so uh, it was like two days after our last recording. So I know the rest of the world um, has moved has on moved from on. this, and you're like, "Why are you talking about this now?" Uh, well, dozens were a little slow. Uh, so. Um, so yeah, like two days uh, after our last recording, uh, Jason Schreier at uh, Kotaku released an article um, detailing um, the interviews that he's had with Bioware staff uh, regarding uh, Anthem development. And uh, he described a very chaotic environment uh, in which... Um, basically anthem was in development for seven years but it really only was in development for 18 months they had the rest of that seven years was spent in indecision trying stuff scrapping it 
um, changing roles, well, yeah, new Alex, leadership. I feel like we talked about that a little bit before uh, we watched NXT last weekend, didn't we? I think we might have. Yeah, yeah. touched on it a little. But um, so, w- you know, it, Bioware clearly, uh, and, and, and then um, before I start going into a- analysis, but I'll uh, finish just describing it. So this is, this is the picture that Jason Schreier painted. And that uh, Bioware really had a lack of leadership, and it was burning people out. People reported things co- like stress casualties, um, and uh, people left the job. They qu- they either outright quit or they went on leave for three months. Um, and uh, they described the quote unquote Bioware magic, which is this uh, philosophy Bioware has that no matter how chaotic a game development is it will come together in the last few months which is such horse shit because all you're doing is destroying your employees so so you know which is the the crunch that is so pervasive in the video game industry um so that that is just the layout of what jason described and um within minutes of publishing the article bioware released a statement on their website um, in response, no, they released it before the article came out. They had never even re- read the article, and it made them look like shit. Oh yeah, and their the, their response was just horrible. Um, it you know did not uh, it you know it did not address any of the points in the article, which because how could it? Because it was released without reading the article, um, yeah. and they declined to make any comment. Uh, when Jason Schreier reached out to them, um, and they basically said, "You know, uh, well, you know, it doesn't it doesn't help the industry for us to tear each other down." That was fuck you, dude. More or less, Go the argument they were making. All right, you're treating your employees like shit, and you put out a subpar game. Fuck well, you. So that's that's just okay. So that's what happened. Now we can talk about opinion. <laughs> well, one, it's I'm glad you brought up that part of the article where it was talking about people taking leaves because they were so stressed and burnt out. Were they getting paid for those leaves? (laughs) I think they probably were, but I do have to say, like, I'm not a video game developer. Maybe it's way fucking harder than I think it is, but there have to be a lot of people who do way more demanding jobs that aren't getting stress leaves. Like you, you sit at a desk and work on a computer. You know what this I mean? This is what I'll say though. If you have people breathing down your neck and you're at the office 12, 14 hour days and they're like, this is the company. If you fuck this up, we're done. Right. If you're getting that kind of pressure on you, that kind of mental, like that fucks with you mentally. I, I definitely would have been interested to know when those people were taking those stress leaves. Were, was it during that 18 months where it was like all hands on deck, crazy hours? Or was it the previous five and a half years where they did nothing? <laughs> you know, like I would like to know. Because if it's during like the last like part of development where they were probably working their asses off then it's one thing. If it's the other five years where you were just, like, stealing money, <laughs> then that's kind of a different thing. Well, you know, it. I the way I really read the article uh, and my takeaways from it is just that 
no one in Bioware leadership, uh, you know, said here is our cohesive vision for what we want this game to be. And without that, you can hire all of the best artists and programmers in the world. You know, they're all going to work on what they think is cool and interesting, and they're going to pitch ideas to their bosses and say, do you like this? Do you not? What should we be doing? And they're going to burn tons of time and money doing that, which is clearly what they did. But without uh, someone in a leadership role saying, I like this, I don't like that, we're doing this. You know, that's where this development hell comes from. It's not, and and that that doesn't matter what the job is. Um, And you see this across industries. Uh, And for whatever reason, it's just particularly bad in the video game industry. Um, And I think it, you know, it kind of comes back to a point Erica was just making where, um, these games are so expensive to make and it takes so long to make that a failed game can mean the company. You know? Well, and you, well, you really feel with Bioware that after what happened with Andromeda that it is kind of... It's all kind of on the line now. You know? Oh, yeah. Well, EA is not afraid of shutting a, a shop down that is not producing the way they want them to. I saw a list of the EA games that have come out in the past year or two years, I think. And I can't remember everything on the list, but it was just disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. And I think EA might be too hands off. Like I was I was ready going into reading this article to hear about all the ways EA fucked up this game. Right. It actually wasn't EA. They no, just sat back and I guess believed in Bioware and gave them all the rope in the fucking universe to hang themselves. And then one day, one of the higher-ups at EA... Sorry, I got a sneeze. Bless you. One of the higher-ups at EA, they show him a, a demo, and he's like, this is shit. You yep. know, <laughs> what is what is going on? What are you guys doing? You have, I forget what it said in the article, but they pretty much had X amount of time to show them something that wasn't terrible. And that's the point where they really buckled down and got to work. Yeah. And maybe if he would have shown up two years before that and been like, show me what you got, it wouldn't have been such a shit show. And, you know, it's kind of impressive in a lot of ways that they ended up making what I would consider like an okay game, like a six out of ten maybe type of game in 18 months because most games now take but, years but, to but, make but there, there's the point alex it's all the developers all of the people who actually make the game are good at what they do you need some direction if if they had been given good direction who knows what they could have made yeah, you know, well, they, they had to, they had to pull people off other projects. They had a Dragon Age project that was running on the side, and they pulled the lead guy off that to come manage Anthem and to bring some structure to the table, and he did. They 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 were so desperate. God knows what they had to pay Casey Hudson to come back to Bioware. Yeah, because I think he was at Microsoft, so you would have had to imagine he was making good money. So they they had to spend a lot of money to bring him back. But even bringing him back probably or clearly did not fix the problems. 
Um, so it, this, I mean, the whole concept of crunch bothers me on so oh, many bullshit. levels. Um, I, I do think well, crunch always happens because you can't plan well. Yeah. Well, in, or you can't plan well or unforeseen things happen. Now I do think there, there does need to be a little bit of a tolerance for crunch. Um, because there are, there is shit that happens. Let's say, um, let's say like you're one of the, uh, you do something tied to elections, right? If your system needs to be working for the election, like you don't have a choice. You like, you can't push it back. So you're, you might have a crunch period right now. But the thing is, it should be like, there should be regulations in place on saying, when like what's the maximum amount of time you can crunch people and what's the extra compensation that you have to give during crunch and you know what how how long after a crunch period can you go before another crunch um and again this is across industries not just in the video game um, because like an eight, this I mean, what they're describing basically sounds like an eighteen-month-long crunch, and that's insane. Well, of course, people are going to burn out then. Well, and if you say we're forced to triple people's salaries during crunch, they wouldn't do it then, right? Oh, no, of they would not. make they would make hard decisions about See, what you needs know, to go how, into the game. When shit happens like with that, when you actually have protections and you have a union behind you to like advocate for that kind of shit. Well, that's the interesting thing because there there has been a lot more talk in the video game industry about unionizing. You should be. Those people are treated like shit. And you know, there's there's this negative perception. There's a lot of negative perceptions of unions, some well earned. Um, but one of the ones that bothers me the most is that white collar people should not be in unions. I would agree. And that that's just patently bullshit. You know, just because you work at a computer and not on an assembly line does not mean you should no, not you have still, well, representation. The whole thing is, like, stuff evolves. Stuff changes. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, we're not talking about, like, a union for CEOs or anything, because fuck those guys. But, mm-hmm. no, the common worker, like, even if you're the grunt, like, you know, doing coding for 12 hours a day, yeah, there should be Coding's protections Coding's a new assembly line. Exactly. And, you know, you can just... But that's the problem, Bob, is that people. nobody's notions evolve everybody always it just they kind of think in these same archaic terms and it's like the world keeps turning man well this the, is where the jobs are the, now. the 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 um the argument always is well it would be too expensive well if everyone has to follow the same set of rules you you adapt well and the whole thing is you you're you're fighting for a higher salary and in a good union it's the people who are representing themselves you're not you know, right. there's dues involved because obviously there's shit that you have to pay for. Mm-hmm. But I would also say if you were in a union and you don't think your dues are getting you anything, then you need to vote to defer- decertify that union because they're they are literally just taking your money. Yeah. You have to be active in it. Yeah. And that's the problem. Mm-hmm. And these companies are just they're so. I don't know what the right word is like. It's probably like evil, <laughs> but 
They're so fucking evil that they won't take on any sort of expense that's going to impact their bottom line, even if it doesn't matter at all. Like, if we're talking about a 1% expense. Oh, no, they don't give a fuck. Because it's always about making record profits, Alex. That's all that matters. Not to switch on to wrestling, but I was reading... You want to talk about people who need a fucking union. Well, I, I was reading something where someone who works for the Wrestling Observer basically figured out if you had to pay for health insurance for all the wrestlers if you had to pay for hotels if you had to pay for travel if you if they had to pay all their expenses how much would it cost wwe and the high estimate now it's probably it would actually be nowhere near this number because this was like assuming they did everything really well, like paying way more for hotel Top rooms level, than they right. actually probably They're not putting would. you in it like a Motel 6. You're staying at like a Hampton Inn or something. Right. The high estimate was it would cost WWE something like $20 million a year. And it's nothing. $20 million a year for WWE is nothing. Is like Vince McMahon's spending money. Yeah. You know, it's $0. But that's the thing. He, we've got to make all of the money in the universe. Yeah. We always have we always have to make more exactly and fuck, fuck these those people. people. With uh, with WWE, I think it's more than just the making money. Because here's the question: Did we did the John Oliver piece come out after we recorded last time? Because I don't know that we I talked about it. Think it was. I don't know I that don't we know. talked about it on here. It might have come out like a couple days after, yeah. but so I think anybody who follows wrestling at all is aware of of the piece that john oliver did on the wwe but Mm -hmm. he basically went to town on them with the independent contractor bullshit how the like what was it the uh, the average age of wrestler deaths is like so much lower than like for a normal person and just yeah he went into a, a, a whole bunch of stuff well, I will say my one criticism of that piece is he needed to do, and his staff needed to do a better job of talking about things that have happened recently rather than things that have happened happened 20 years ago, you know, because a lot of stuff has changed. I mean, they have done a much better job of keeping people alive and keeping people healthy than they did in the past. It's still not perfect. That's a. It's a lot of it with the younger people. It's a culture change. People don't really hang out at. I mean, people do hang out at the bars and shit. But now it's just they like hang out in the hotel rooms and they play video games. Like that's a big part of it. But you have to give some credit to the wellness policy. I'll give a little bit, but I think that's why I said some. Right. It's still not better than giving them health care. It is also hard to know, though. You know how effective it is. Because you're not going to know for another 10 to 20 years how effective it is. Yeah. Um, you know, if if suddenly, if 20 years from now we're sitting around and Daniel Bryan kicks the bucket early. How dare you. Um, because he hit his head too much. Well, what the fuck did the wellness policy do for him? Well, um, they did keep him out for three years. But, I, I mean, that's the, but, and they let him come back in though. Um, but that's the point. It's hard to know really how effective it is until you see long term right well i think you could just look at the wrestlers now and it's generally pretty clear who's roided up and who isn't mm-hmm. i mean when you look at a you know i'll just take an easy example when you look at somebody like ryback i mean ryback is so clearly on juice it's not even you know 
whatever. Right. I guess he could come up and say he's not, but whatever, he dude. Would, he would say he's lying. <laughs> and then you look at someone like Daniel Bryan, and I would say I would be amazed to find out he was on something. Well, and knowing, and you never truly know these people, but knowing what you hear about them, I would be shocked to find out that with how kind of the naturalist that he is, it would be shocking to hear that he yeah. was on And when you see people like a Cesaro or a Seth Rollins who are in unbelievable shape, I really just believe those guys work out like crazy and eat really clean. Well, because they're not, like, freakishly huge. Yeah, they're not gigantic. Right. Like, Cesaro is like... Uh, or, excuse me, Big Dick Tony is, <sighs> like, sleek as shit, man. That's what Seamus <laughs> called him on uh, his workout thing. <laughs> Which Shut is, up. like... The greatest thing ever. It was it was it was Cesaro, Sheamus, <laughs> Becky Lynch, and Seth Rollins, and they're all getting ready to do like a cross uh, CrossFit workout for like twenty minutes. And Sheamus goes, "All right, we got we got Seth Rollins, we got Big Dick Tony, and you just see <laughs> and you just see Becky Lynch do like a double take, like what? What the fuck did you just call him? <laughs> yeah. I love it. It's great." But no, you look at Cesaro and it's just he's he doesn't have that that freakish mass that like a mm-hmm. Ryback has. Yeah. yeah. Or an ultimate warrior or right. a Hulk Hogan. How is Hulk Hogan still alive? <laughs> the evil lives forever. I know, America. it's disgusting. The your Vince McMahons and your Hulk Hogan's of the world. Live evil, to be like 120 evil years just old. fuels their heart. They Ugh. can't be killed by normal means. They brought him out at Mania and it was just like I heard. Why? People Ooh. still cheered. He's such a piece of Brother. shit. That's the thing about that's the thing about wrestling fans. Wrestling fans think they're so smart now, but they're so easy to manipulate really still. Are. And I'll I'll throw myself in there because there's well, times where But you wanna be. That's why you watch, right? It's entertainment. Here, I'll give you a perfect example. You know, say what you will about the new Star Wars movies. The second I watched that the dumb preview and you hear that music start. Oh, yeah. You feel like a little fucking kid again. Yeah. And you know you're being manipulated. Yep. You know what's happening. Mm-hmm. You just can't help yourself. And if you've spent however much, thousands of dollars to go to Mania, you want to get pulled into that shit. Well, let's talk about that Star Wars trailer for a moment. What's with the title of the movie? I'll tell you what I told them. If Ray ends up being a Skywalker, I'm going to be a little pissed off. Why? Because it doesn't make any sense. Well, we don't know who her parents are. I know, but I just like... Retcon the movie. That's the other thing. It feels like it, they're just kind of jerking the wheel back, like, so far. I mean, or, we're still going to go see it. I mean, there's, there's no universe in which we weren't. Look, but I, I thought that the second one was plot hole, the movie, and I'm still going to see the new one. Well, I, you know, Rich Evans at uh, Red Letter Media has a, a really good good take on this i think and it's that the star wars universe is um the problem with it is that it's actually pretty as as expansive as you may think it is it's actually pretty limited in scope and that the there are certain things you need to have to have a star wars movie and if you don't have them something feels off like if you went through an entire star wars movie and you didn't see a tie fighter you'd be like the fuck um the little stuff yeah, uh, so... Well, here's the other thing. You can't have one to two Star Wars movies a year 
in perpetuity. Yeah. And that was kind of their plan. It's like, guys. They pulled back. They have. They, did. they, they definitely did. have because it's cause solo bombed because it's like, one, I, I don't need prequels. I don't care if I they borrow. We again. still haven't seen that solo. I thought you watched it on a plane. I started watching it, got 10 minutes in and was like, eh. I I just don't have any. I don't care. I I know like the character. I don't care how he got there unless you have something particularly interesting to say. And that didn't strike me as that. You watched it, didn't you or no? Yeah, it's it was meh. Yeah, there. It was there. I thought Rogue One was good, but I know you guys hated that movie. We don't need to get into this. I appreciated the ending, but it didn't do anything for me. I don't care about prequels. I don't know. Well, I thought the problem with Rogue One for me was just that I didn't care about the characters at any point. Um, I liked the droid. Well. I liked the main character. I don't remember her name. Was it? Jane or so. Yeah, I thought it was, I was about Bob to say Iden. I thought I was about to say Iden Versio, but <laughs> Idris Elba. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that'd be a good movie. But no, I, I, you know, get to get back to the main line. It's, uh, you know, I, I'm hesitant to make this comment, but I think Disney went just a little too risky on the director for a mainline Star Wars movie. I wouldn't even say that. I think it felt like it almost with the the uh, Anthem situation where they were so hands-off. Mm-hmm. And then when they got what they got, they were like, I'm, I- I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Because I think it's telling that we never felt the need to go back and watch it again. No, it's probably the only Star Wars movie that I've watched that I haven't watched a second time. Because when... Which one? Last Jedi. Okay. When The Force Awakens came out, we bought that the day it was released. Yeah, and I really liked The Force Awakens. And we've watched it several times. Oh, I dig the shit out of it. Mm -hmm. I think it's a great movie. I think both of these new ones, they have too much of a fan service feel to me rather than an original creation. Well, because that's all it is, Well, fan service. So The Force Awakens, one of the things I said coming out of it was that... Yeah, it's fan servicey. Yeah, I was a little annoyed that it was another super weapon, but you needed to. Your this is the first movie in like fifteen years or whatever it was. They needed something to ground it and to to reattach you to the universe. So I was okay with it. Um, what was frustrating is that when they went to they went to Last Jedi, I felt like they lost a lot of Star Wars in the movie. You know, and it may, in maybe... But then here's the thing, though. People were like, we want something new. So they got something new. And then it was, what the fuck is this? Where's my Star Wars? Mm-hmm. You can't have mm-hmm. one. You gotta, you gotta pick one. I don't know that people are out there saying, I want something new from Star Wars, though. Yeah, I, I mean, people so. uh, people complain a lot. They like, oh, we just get the same regurgitation left uh, of movies. Um, Doesn't that say to you though? I want something different. But they still go see them. But they're gonna go see them either way, right? It could be Jar Jar Binks shitting on screen for two and a half hours, and people would go. No, and it would be like so there I, would be derision I, about whether I mean, it was a good movie. Or I not. would. I want to see new movies and new concepts, right? But not necessarily within the same uh, the same franchise like 
see sometimes it works really well like um going from alien to aliens two very different movies one's a sci-fi thriller uh one's an action movie i'll say this though that wasn't in the time where everything has to be a massive tent pole and everything has to be mm-hmm. you have to make x amount of money exactly everything has to be the greatest bullshit ever i, mm-hmm. I think you were given a little bit more room to kind of explore the space back then mm-hmm. um now i'm not like when it comes to last jedi i was not, i wasn't like offended at any decisions ryan johnson made um I do think, though, that you Disney took a risk and it didn't pay off. Certainly not in the way they wanted. And um, now they're now they're in an awkward situation where they either have to double down on the choices that he made in the movie, or they have to retcon. And neither option is going to be <laughs> is going to make people happy. You can't retcon that much. I think the problem with the new ones is I don't remember the name of all the various Star Wars movies, but The Force Awakens is a straight up remake of which Star Wars movie? A New Hope. Yeah, it's a straight up fan service remake, and it's still a good movie, but it's they like beat for beat copied that movie. Mm-hmm. And The Last Jedi, to me, the whole purpose, the whole like driving force of The Last Jedi is they wanted to convince you that there was a chance that Ray was going to go to the dark side and no one in any theater ever believed that was going to happen. So the whole movie's a failure. Not with a Disney movie. If it was no. something different, maybe, but not... But an hour, a good hour and a half of that movie is dedicated to the idea that Kylo Ren is trying to manipulate her into joining the dark side. The one or the other... So... You know, they they dropped this trailer for uh, what's the what's the name of it? Uh, the Rise of Skywalker or something? Rise of Rise of the Skywalker? Something like that. It's I think dumb. So. Yeah. It's a dumb. And name. at the at the very end of it, you get a a, a familiar laugh. Um, how you working at it? How's Palpatine gonna be alive? How you work? How you working at Palpatine? So, but let's get but some before, crazy theories before we, going here. Before we go into that crazy theory, what I want to get to. With, with these last two movies is you introduce this character Snoke in the background yes. who's supposed to be the new kind of big bad and then and he does a total joke yeah off him unceremoniously in the second movie and so you know and and um Kylo Ren he's he just isn't the, the he's not enough of a villain to carry the fran- like a, the uh, the three movie arc. I don't know that I. Agree I with disagree. That. I think what's the actor's Adam name? Adam Driver. I think he was fucking awesome in the Last Jedi. I think he did everything oh. you could possibly do with what he was given. I I don't disagree with you. On I thought that. he was the star of that. movie. I don't disagree with so you awesome. at all. He's acting his ass off. He's yeah. he's he's great in the role. I'm just I think the character. I disagree. Is not, or at least the way they've set it up, is not enough of a big bad well the other thing that we're we're avoiding here is that force ghosts are a thing snoke is not necessarily gone the emperor is not necessarily gone force ghosts are i'm a thing. i'm waiting for them to it'll be like something where some like little minion 
finds fucking Palpatine's body at the bottom of a large tube and like takes his brain out of his body and puts it in a machine. Hey, I'm all and I'm here for actually, sci-fi weirdness. It was man. actually Palpatine who's been running the whole show the whole time. I'm down. You want to give me some sci-fi weirdness? We I'm got, down for sci-fi I mean, weirdness. Palpatine clones or clearly established in the expanded universe. We don't talk about which that anymore. We know is not canon, but they pull from it for ideas. Um Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I like the teaser. Um, we're definitely going to see it. Yeah, of course we're going to see it. But, uh, I'm just really, bi- the title was really bizarre. Now, is this actually going to be the final movie with all these characters or will they continue on? You know, I, I can't really say because I, I think there's obviously opportunity if you want to say, take, uh, Oscar Isaac's character and, you know do a whole thing with him that's that's something you could do i forgot about his terrible character arc <laughs> thanks for bringing that up this is that nobody really had much to do in the last jedi i'm, like t- I'm said, telling you you defended that movie when you walked out of it that movie sucked from day one you know what alex i was in- entertained when i watched it that's all i can say that's how i feel about a lot of movies <laughs> well, it's also been a year and a half since I've seen it. Yeah. So, like... Like, that was still the dumbest thing ever. That what What's Oscar Isaac's character's name? Poe Dameron. Okay. Poe... Poe mutinies the fucking crew and takes over a starship and gets, like, you know, they end up taking him out and wherever in the process. And he's knocked out on that... Uh, on that bed and they're wheeling him onto the ship to take him out and the you know what is it leia's talking to laura dern yeah pink-haired woman laura dern and they're like you know i really like him it's like what part do you really like <laughs> the part where he tried to fucking mutiny the goddamn ship i mean he's really cute alex <laughs> he's really he's a very attractive he's man. really handsome for an idiot he's a very attractive man <laughs> yeah so it'll be interesting to see um but you know it disney probably was kathleen kennedy was probably on set every <laughs> day sitting watching the last jet i just like what 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 the fuck was that so you're fired forever. Well, and, and it's a little frustrating because you do want directors out there who are going to take chances and do new things, but I just don't think you can toy with these big franchises. But it also seems like, don't you have a plan for the big new Star Wars franchise? Or are you really just out there, like, just pulling shit out of your ass? You know what? I have a great idea. Okay. For the next trilogy, because obviously there will be a next trilogy, of course. Here's what you do prior to starting it. When you're doing like pre-production, you get the dump truck of money and you back it on up into Christopher Nolan's driveway. And you just say, Chris, do whatever you want. Do what you will. No, he no, drove a dump truck here, full of money up to my house. Here's what will happen. I'm not made of stone. Christopher Nolan will then do a Star Wars AU. Um... I love that you like know that phrase now and you're like hella down with it. <laughs> and it'll be awesome. He'll like cast some crazy person to Christian Bale. 
well, Leonardo DiCaprio. Cri- uh, well, you gotta get Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Well, in the wait, mix. wait, 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 wait. So and I, Tom Hardy. You gotta I, get Tom I, Hardy oh, Tom Hardy shows up in every Christmas. Tom Hardy's Nolan gotta be up now. in there. Wait, okay, we gotta cast this now. Um, I put Christian Bale as the Emperor. Ooh, I'm kind of down with that. Um, Ooh, I kind of want to see what Tom Hardy would do with no, the no, voice, no, though. no, no, no. You know who would be the Emperor? Who's the guy who played Scarecrow? Ooh, Ooh Cillian Murphy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or or Killian. Sorry. How dare you? Um, him as the Emperor. Who's Vader? Tom Hardy. Yeah, Tom, Tom Hardy, Hardy loves the voices. Oh, Tom Hardy can get it's, in there. Oh yeah. Because he can emote and act with a mask on. Christian Bale is Han. I could get down with that. No, you know what? I'm gonna do uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Han. Ah, uh, see, I see him more as Luke. Really? Nah, I don't know. Uh, maybe. Who's, who's DiCaprio gonna play? Ooh. Obi Wan. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, all right. Oh, so we're just we're re we're redoing. You Star have to Wars. get um. You have to get who was his wife in Inception? Oh, what's her name? You have to get her in there. He's got his stable of actors and Marian, actresses. Marion. Uh, uh, yes, yes, yes. Beautiful French lady. Anne Hathaway <laughs> has to get in there at some point. She's got to be up in the mix. Juno, what's her name? Ellen Page. Yeah. Got to get her up in there. Who's Ellen Ellen Page is so good. Ellen Page should be getting more work. She's very vocal. Yes, though, and that's no, the problem. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't. Have so, that. so we're gonna Christopher Nolan. We're gonna have you do this franchise. No, but what's uh, what's who is Alfred? What's Al- I can't think of his name. Michael, Michael Caine. Kane. Who's Michael Caine? You got to get him up in there. Well, he's Obi Wan. Oh, he can be Lando. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Hardy is Chewbacca. He can do both roles. <laughs> You're really good. <laughs> no, you know what? Tom Hardy does it all. Norbit. I love, I love it's a Norbit situation. I love Tom Hardy. He's did so you did you guys good. watch Dunkirk? Uh, no, we still haven't seen it. It's on our oh, list. I don't want to say anything now. D. Solid in Dunkirk. He just like shows up in the last like fifteen minutes of Dunkirk out of nowhere, and he steals the whole movie. Because watching the trailer, you would think he's in the whole movie. No, no. I love him. He's wonderful. <laughs> he's awesome. He's delightful. I still haven't. I still haven't seen. Um, What's the other? What's the crystal? An interstellar? I still I haven't oh, seen me it uh, Yeah. I bet you it looks really good in the TV downstairs. Probably. Though. Hey, why doesn't the black hole photo look like the one from Interstellar? God damn it. It's fake. It's fake news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so let's do this. We're going to do this alternate Star Wars, and then people are going to. Tom Hardy centric Star Wars? Yep. And then um, people are going to talk about for years how. Um, every other Star Wars isn't as good. He's inferior. Ben Affleck <laughs> will come into the next Star Wars <laughs> to the franchise. The Christopher Nolan version of Star Wars. It would be awesome. <laughs> I mean, realistically, who else would you want to put in charge of a massive franchise like that for three movies, who's other been, than Christopher who's Nolan? Who's been tested? Yeah. Because because a lot of other people recently are not doing well, and they're too old, and they've like they're out of touch like your Spielbergs like when's the last time Steven Spielberg did anything great been a minute I feel like Christopher Nolan is still he's firing on all you know who else that I would I would entrust a Star Wars type Guillermo fuck yeah Guillermo you want to talk about like the creature effects and stuff oh give me Guillermo del Toro Star Wars I think Charlie Day in there somewhere I I would be a happy fucking camper I think let him make one of the offshoots but not a full not a trilogy I would agree with that legit they would never give it to him no 
I, you know what I would be love? too good. You die. You know of what joy. I'd love? You I would die love of joy. Somehow a Guillermo Wes Anderson collaboration. <sighs> be Th- still my heart. That would be very interesting. Be interesting to see how they would make it work because right? those are two very, very different. Styles. Very different. Um, no, that's what I want. Give me Wes Anderson Star Wars. <laughs> I'd watch the shit out of that. Um, you brought up Spielberg and. Uh, this is actually something I've been meaning to bring up on the podcast uh, for a couple episodes now, and uh, I keep forgetting. Um, so Spielberg uh, hates Netflix, like, hard. And he's pissed off that uh, Netflix stuff won a bunch of Oscars. Um, Why? Right. What do you even fucking care? You uh, made Ready Player One last year, dude. Shut the fuck up. So he's lobbying to get the rules changed for the Oscars, basically to make it so Netflix movies can't win. Like, they would have to be theatrically re- wide cunt. released. Why? What do Did, you care? Didn't some government agency tell them that's illegal? Um, well, the, and then what's to stop Netflix from being like, okay, we're going to rent that one theater or however many theaters that we have to get Evidently, this in? they're trying to buy some theaters. Really? Um, yeah. Um, Interesting. Particularly some, like, really high-profile ones in L.A., Interesting. Um, but I, I think that's just basically a fuck you to Steven Spielberg at this point. But, you know. Kind of Sp- deserves it. Spielberg, there's got to be a monetary reason behind it. But his argument is that, um, you know, but when Netflix doesn't release it in, mo- you know, it's not the same experience uh, watching it at home as if you go to a theater. Oh, so what? I don't so have children chattering behind me. I don't have these two idiots next to me talking about where they're going to go to dinner afterward. We don't have a whole family just having a conversation as if they were sitting in their living room. Fuck you, Steven Spielberg. That's what I know. It's like maybe theater experience is good for you, Steven Spielberg, where you probably sit alone. <laughs> yeah, he's by himself right. in his mansion. Right, so that's probably rad shit because, honest to God, Ideal it's theater like, experience. It's like him and a couple of his buddies, and they're like, I love the theater. Oh, it's great. You mean here in your own home, James? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, dude. Like With your I own d- popcorn maker? I mean, I, like, I, I'll admit, there is something special to a movie. Uh, when all, when everything comes together and you have a really good theater-going experience. Oh, it's great. But it's so it. rare. It is very rare. I think I'm, the last time... And maybe this was just because I thought the audience was going to be really chatty, but when we went and saw Endgame, in uh, not Endgame, um, Free Solo. No, that was a good theater experience too. Infinity though. War. There it is. Yeah, I thought that was going to be a really chatty crowd. It ended up being like dead silent the entire movie, which actually was quite effective, which I appreciate. Yeah. When, when you go to the theater and some random people start having a conversation in the middle of a movie, nothing. It's like. Makes who me raised you more angry, you know, than just people turning to each other and just oh, we're gonna have a conversation, motherfucker. That social contract, we're all sitting here, you can't be quiet for two hours. And then people someone busting out their phones, <laughs> just like blinding you with how bright it is. Well, like, and, okay, that's another okay. Yeah. Let me, let's talk about that for a moment. I see. I like having my phone screen pretty dim, unless I'm obviously in direct sunlight. I usually because, keep mine at about half dim. Because I don't want to be blind. Exactly. When people pull out their fucking cell phone and they have the brightness like jacked up to max, it's like a and star. You could, you could, <laughs> you could light a fucking house with it. It's like, how are your people? How are your retinas not burned out? I have no idea. 
Well, and one of the frustrations I have is that the auto adjust that it's supposed to have. Yeah. It's just not that good. It's fine, but I find I have to get in and do it manually anyway. Yeah, I've never used the auto brightness on anything because it never works. It never puts it as dim as you want it to. Right, right. But the, it's like you're watching a movie. You can't, like, put your, like, if I can put my phone down and just be, like, present for a, a movie, anybody can. Like, I am glued to my phone. Like, I'm here to watch fucking Shazam. Can we just watch Shazam, please? Did you guys see Shazam? See we went Shazam? last night. We How was it? We haven't recorded about it yet, but I, I enjoyed it. I, you know. Yeah. It's a, it's one of the better DC movies. It's Did goofy. You, it's Did weird. you guys see Alita? Yeah. What'd you think of that? I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. Um, It has its problems, because of course, some of the CG is janky as fuck. But ultimately, I thought the the love story was a little too in the Way forefront. Way too what? Yeah, yeah. But I overall, I enjoyed it. I would recommend it. I agree. I hated that fucking the love interest. I was ready for him to die. Well, and he's in the manga. He, I, I, it's been a hot minute since I've read it, but it was like back in high school, and that's an upsettingly long time ago now. But um, he is there, and there is that aspect of the story, but it's not. It's not the forefront. What I really wanted out of it was more of that motorball stuff. Because that's a big focus in the in the manga. I... There was some bad stuff in that movie. Maybe the worst was the announcer during the motorball stuff. Yeah, not great. When they would be doing stuff and he's like... It's our battle angel, Alita! And it's like, oh my god, could you guys be any more on the nose right now? Well, and it's like, okay, this is a patently ridiculous movie. I don't mind the leaning in. I liked this, speaking of the CG, I thought the CG on Alita was really good. On her it was good. But on some of the random people it was truly but that's, terrible. that's clearly where they spent their money. Yeah. And that's fine. But and I think it was smart to make her eyes bigger, you know, yeah. because when they first showed it, her eyes were only like marginally bigger and they actually made it more outrageous. And by making it more outrageous, they made it more acceptable, mm-hmm. which is like you got to lean in. Well, go for it. I, I had no idea what I was getting into. I knew nothing about it. And uh, so it was, you know, that was fun. That was but. another one, though. We went on like a Tuesday at like 8.30, and there were like little kids in the theater. $5 movie night. It was like, you're horrible parents. That doesn't seem like a little kid movie either. It's not! You have robots slaughtering each other. Like, what are we doing? Like, I get you want to go to the movies. I understand that, but you have kids (laughs) too bad. Yeah, I don't know. that. Yeah, that movie was okay, I would say. I walked out of it. I was like, eh, it was good. But it wasn't, I don't it wasn't amazing. And I, I, did, I, never, I never read the manga or anything, so I don't know if they butchered the story. It's not something I would be like, oh my god, you have to see this. It's like, if it's on, it's fine. Yeah. You yeah. could do worse. I wouldn't mind if they made more. I mean, they probably will. It did really well. Did it? I thought so. Oh, Better yeah. than anyone thought it was. I don't know. Yeah. I thought it was going to bomb because they kept pushing back the release for like a year and a half. Jennifer Connelly's character met a bad fate. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bad Not day. great. That's a bad day. They should have given her more to do, though. 
She, she they should. She's a great actress. She is. She's great. I love Jennifer Connelly. Alex, what what's coming up that you're looking forward to? I don't even know other than Avengers. Detective Pikachu? There? No, I don't care about that. Oh, oh you're full of hate. John Wick. I thought the second one was only okay. I mean, I'll see it. Get the fuck out of this house. <laughs> the first one was really good. The second one was just okay. The second one is not as good as the first one. Yeah. I will give you that, but... When you make a glorious. great movie, I expect another great movie. I don't expect a good movie. <sighs> what else is there? Is, I mean, I know there's a lot. We were Godzilla. Ah, yes. Where it looks like you actually have giant monster fighting. Hopefully... Give me my hey, King Ghidorah. I'm looking forward to the everyone. fourth Evangelion movie when it comes out never. In like five years? Yeah. I keep telling myself, I'm like, at least once we get a release date, then I'll watch those movies. Because I do want to watch them because I do like Evangelion. But it's like, I'm not going to get invested and then we're never getting this fourth movie. Did you ever figure out if you watched End of Evangelion, Bob? Uh, I don't think I have. I think we have it totally throw it on son of a bitch it's great it's fucked up i love it i mean i won't i'm i I know i watched the anime um and i know i saw the end of that but i have not seen any of the movies pretty sure well the end of the anime is just very kind of like i know what they're they're they ran out of money going for but it's just kind of they just ran they ran out of money and then they give you the fan servicey goodness that is End of Evangelion. Mm. Gotcha. I'm so sore. <laughs> Bob went to the gym this morning. And my arm hurts from bowling. He's fucking falling Bob, apart. Bob, man. Bob. Can I give you some advice? Yes. Don't ever tell anyone your arm hurts from bowling. <laughs> like, just make something up. <laughs> my arm hurts from, you know, something manly. Furiously masturbating for that seven hours. That would actually be better. <laughs> that would be an improvement. If you say that to other dudes, they're like, "Yeah, I get it." I well, get it. so because so now I'm th- I'm thinking about it. It's like if I say my arm hurts from bowling, either your arm really does hurt from bowling, or people think that you're you're lying because you were furiously, furiously masturbating. masturbating for seven hours and you just don't want to own up to it. Well, should we talk about WrestleMania? Do you guys have anything else? Uh, no, I don't have anything else, but we, we can talk Mania. Bob? I don't think I have anything else. I mean, and the, the only real issue I had with Mania this year was that it was entirely Exceedingly too long. long? Yes. Yes. Who could have seen that coming? I knew it was going to be long. I didn't think we were going to be up till 1130. So, I miss this show. So, I'm going to be largely quiet through this conversation. As you always are during our wrestling conversations. Yes. But, my one comment here is that that day, I I missed the show because I was back in Pennsylvania. And I was flying back to Chicago that day. And I had to fly through Charlotte. So, I had uh, several hours of flights, connections, and transit. By the so, I got on my first flight, uh, bef- like right as like the pre-show was starting. When I finally landed in Milwaukee, um, I got a text saying WrestleMania just ended. 
and I was in transit for a long time. It was a long show. And the shitty thing about it is, it was a good show, I thought. I thought it was okay. As far as WrestleManias go, as I far as WWE you, I presentations. I think when we go over it, you're going to realize it was okay at best. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. It gave me... Well, you know what? Let's go through it. Okay. We so didn't watch... We didn't watch part of the pre-show. The first hour of the pre-show. So it started with... Tony Nese beating Buddy Murphy for the Cruiserweight Championship. And then I think we missed the women's... Yeah, we missed the women's Battle Royal, which Carmella won. I mean, they who never could, do They never do anything care? with the no. people who win the Battle Royal, I don't, so it doesn't Honestly, matter. I'm surprised they're still doing it, so... Kurt uh, Hawkins and Zack Ryder beat the Revival for the Raw Championship, Tag Team Championships. The Revival gotta get out of there, man. We can get to that later, but... Yes, yeah. there's a bit to discuss there. So, you know, Kurt Hawkins breaks the 9,000 match losing streak. I thought the match was fun. It was fine. Yeah, it was fine. Braun Strowman won the men's battle royal. The nerfing Bra- of Braun Strowman over the course of the last year has been one of the most upsetting things. I will say, Braun looks like he got in amazing shape again. Yeah, like he got pretty he, svelte, man. He looks pretty. He looks about as cut as you can be when you're that big. Yeah. Because it's not like a guy like that can go run on the treadmill. No, I mean, without his, destroying your knees. His knees would just grind to dust. Yes. Uh, well, now this was the actual open of the show. The show ended or started with the Universal Championship match where Rollins beat Lesnar. I thought this was good. You know, they did. They started with like a long beat down where Lesnar just beat the shit out of Rollins and jumped him before the match and right. threw him into the announce table and hit him with F5s on the outside. Just Can beat you the fuck his back up? Was that this match where Rollins' back was like he was bleeding and it was all bruised and shit? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember either. Anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah. I thought the actual match itself was only like a few minutes once they actually rang the bell, but there was like a 10-minute beatdown that yeah. preceded it. And I think Rollins hit him with, what, like three or four curb stomps? Yeah, he hit him with a low blow, and then he hit him with the three curb stomps. I will say, though, the low blow was earned because he got jumped before the match. So you had to equalize yeah. it in some way. Yeah. I mean, I still would rather not see your baby faces cheating. But at least he did get, like, jumped before the match. It was cheating with a cause, at least. I, I completely agree with you. The baby faces should not be cheating. But this is modern WWE we're dealing with, so I will take what <laughs> yeah, I can get. It's fine. I mean, I'm, ha- I'm happy Rollins won the championship. Me too. Um, we'll see what they do with Lesnar next, who he's going to go after. They probably don't have a plan right now. Yeah, probably not. I would imagine he'll probably be gone from TV for a while, too. No? I would think so. His plan is to just go hide up in Canada. Back into the wilds. AJ Styles beat Randy Orton. This did nothing for me. Yeah, I didn't think it was anything special. I thought it was just kind of there. Yeah. It did, yeah. The crowd couldn't see it because there was a giant light blinding them. Like, how do you... Uh, what are we doing, guys? Well... I Walk thought the arena beforehand. That's what I was going to say. Aren't there people in production whose whole job is to go sit in like a hundred places throughout the arena to make sure everything looks okay? One would think. Because during the match, people were like chanting about the lights. Yeah, they couldn't see it. I'm familiar with that experience. Still burned into your retinas? Ah, I can't yeah, see. That, was, that was horrible at all. And they should have just turned that one light off. Would it have even mattered? No. 
Tickets got to be going on sale for that again soon, no? Oh, for the next all in, for all in all two in or whatever two. they call it. Yeah. Electric Boogaloo. Isn't Double or Nothing? That's uh, Memorial Double Day Double or weekend. Nothing's, yeah. Double or oh. Nothing's in what, May? Oh, so this will be the follow-up. Yes, they're doing another one in, they call it Chicago, but it is Hoffman Estates. <laughs> Could they please just get the Allstate? That arena sucks. I mean, they the uh, Sears Center held how many people? 10,000? Uh, really? I thought the Sears Center was nice. I didn't think it was bad. I thought those seats were very comfortable. I did not feel crammed in. Yeah, those seats are bigger than the seats at the Allstate Arena. The Allstate so seats suck. Before, before you start wanting to go back to the Allstate Arena, maybe you should remember what it's like to be jammed into those tiny hallways mm-hmm. and jammed into those tiny seats. Very uncomfortable. I... Yeah, okay, fine. So you know the seats you, are You better. know where you should hope they go? You should hope they go to the United Center one day. Well, yeah, because that's much better. Yes. <laughs> the United Center seats are nice, too. We were there for a Hawks game. A few months ago. Year? It's been a while now. Yeah. Not the sweep, though. Mm-hmm. No. What are you going to do, man? I'm sad. Yeah. You got free tickets. Shut the fuck up. The Usos defeated Alistair Black and Ricochet, Rusev and Nakamura, and The Bar to retain the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. I mean, I thought this was fun. My biggest concern is that you have Ricochet and Alistair Black on the main ro- uh, roster now, and they're just going to be... Losing to everyone. Goobers. So, it's cool that the Usos finally got to be on the main fucking show, because they should be. They're really one of the... They're maybe the best tag team in the whole company. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they should get more than they do, but... Well, they don't give a fuck about tag team wrestling, which is also super upsetting to me, but... I also, mean, they just lost the titles to the Hardys on SmackDown. Yeah, I saw that. I, okay. Yeah, I mean, you know... Whatever. Matt's in great shape. I mean, they're they're both in they're both in great shape. They could still have good matches. Oh, no, I'm not even... I'm not shitting on the Hardys. It's just... Yeah, eh, whatever. Um, no, this match was fine. Yeah, it was... I thought it was one of the better things on the show. I mean, it was probably one of the three or four best matches on the show. It was good. Oh, well. Shane McMahon defeated The Miz. This maybe went on too long. I'm sorry. What? Why? It was uh, kind of a fuck finish. Yeah, he didn't really win, but he did. But but why, Shane? Why? Can can he just... Hey, hey they did stop? the safest... Shane McMahon stunt bump that they've done yet. Yeah. And it looked cool. They did they did something where they were up on like a, a scat like the camera scaffolding. Yeah, and they shot it so the Miz does just does a regular suplex to Shane and they just from the angle they shot it at, they just fall off into the ether. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you see it afterwards, you realize they've fallen onto about 10 pounds of padding. With a very thin layer of black, uh, like, that uh, particle, money particle board, like, cardboard on top of it. <laughs> and it's like, okay, I appreciate you wanting to make them safe, but we could, but, make, we could make this look a little better, guys. Well, here's the thing. The Miz is no dummy. The Miz doesn't do anything that's unsafe. No, no, no. Miz isn't stupid. Miz has a beautiful wife and adorable little daughter, and I think another kid on the way, right? Yeah, he's not risking his life because Shane McMahon is a death wish. Yeah, no. I love the Miz. 
I enjoyed this, but I thought it went on a little bit too long, and I it really was, don't need Shane was McMahon to have... fine. Shane beating up everyone in the world is just... Stupid. Yeah. I do like the thing now where they did it at WrestleMania where he's making Greg Hamilton be more enthusiastic with his entrance, and then he did it for like five minutes on SmackDown. It was pretty entertaining. <laughs> because it's like you're a McMahon you're you're a piece of shit you should be like a mega heel yeah and he's much better as a heel I think he's more even if he is a nice guy in real life I think he's much better on TV as a bad guy no we gotta do gotta bring back the mean street posse (laughs) yeah let's let's jump right (laughs) on that one the Iconics defeated Bailey and Sasha Banks, Nia Jackson, Tamina, and Beth Phoenix and Natalia to win the women's tag team championships. Here we go. I was gonna say, Alex, I feel like you got a lot to say about this. Match. Well, first off, it's I don't know when it happened. I'm sure it was probably before this match, but the fact that Nia Jax has managed to tear both her ACLs is unbelievable. If it was before the match, I don't think that she would be in the match. I think she still would have been. She was barely in that both match. Both ACLs, Alex? You're not you moving. You could still you. move around. Uh, yeah, you could still walk around with both ACLs torn. You can. I, I'm making a face, dear listeners. Ugh. <laughs> it's not comfortable. It's not fun. I will say Beth Phoenix looked yoked. Is shit. She yeah, looked Beth great. looked really good. Beth looked like she's never even taken a day off. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't give a shit about Natalia. No. I, I really the n- iconic. Natalia is like one of those people. She's a good hand, but no one actually cares about Natalia unless maybe you're a big Total Divas watcher. She's terrible on that show, though. She's very naggy. And it's it's been a while since I've watched it, but the seasons I did see, she's she's not good. <laughs> That's whatever. I like okay, so here's the thing about this match. There's greater implications which we will discuss now. So Sasha Banks apparently walked after WrestleMania and told him she quits. And they're kind of, you know, letting her sit on it and they're telling her, you know, take a take some time, think about it, you know, don't make any rash decisions. Because they're not—they're obviously not just going to let her out of her contract, especially with AEW opening up. They're absolutely not just letting her out of her contract. There's no chance. But no, but I mean, if here's the thing about that though: if you get somebody pissed to a point where they're like, "All right, fuckers," she's not going to sue them. She, she won't doesn't be have that enough. Person. She doesn't have enough money to. She sue won't them. be that person. But what I'm saying is, with the whole independent contractor thing, I think it's really only a matter of time before someone does. But or challenges that at all? It would have to be someone with a shitload of money, because they're gonna anything. Anytime you get WWE into court, oh, they'll drag it. They're out gonna for try to, forever. yeah, right. they're gonna try to make you pay unbelievable amounts right. of lawyer oh, fees. Oh, of course. Look but, how long the punk lawsuit lasted. Yeah, that was years. Yeah. It was like three years yeah, over ridiculous. nothing. But so here's the thing. I understand why Sasha and Bailey are upset because they've been lobbying and lobbying and lobbying for these tag team championships. And first chance they get, basically, they have them drop it to a comedy tag team. And I think, you know, Peyton Royce is okay. Billy Kay is <laughs> fucking terrible. Peyton Royce is okay. 
they're funny like the duo's entertaining I was gonna say it's I, more the act I, than anything I, yeah I enjoy their shtick they shouldn't be the tag team like the moment they won that match it was like belts mean nothing you know instantly and they didn't mean that much before because they're brand new titles right. but they instantly meant nothing once you put them on a comedy tag team I, mean, I would also argue that none of the belts mean anything in WWE but well, right but I'm of course the argument would be that they would be nice if they did oh of course uh, well, and I, I, Sasha and Bailey should be mad. Well, they their whole careers on the main roster have been completely mismanaged yep. to every conceivable degree. I mean, Sasha has been portrayed as a loser who can never defend her championship. I mean, literally never has defended a championship successfully. Yep. But still, somehow, like a ninety-five time women's champion. Well, and he, here's something like. Let's do the list of people from NXT who succeeded and did very well down there that are being used well on the main roster. Who would that, who would you include in that? Well, it was pre this iteration of NXT, but Seth Rollins. No, I think you could say Rollins and Roman. But it, Roman Reigns wasn't even really in NXT. He appeared for a couple times, though, so I would, I think you could say that. But then who else? Um, Charlotte. Charlotte, yeah. Charlotte and now Becky. Becky, Although well, they we'll are fucking that up now. See where that goes, but right. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is it is what it is. Success in NXT doesn't correlate at all to success on the main roster. Because if you look at some of the people who came out of NXT and they're on TV a lot... It's the people who really didn't have any success in NXT. It's your Baron Corbins or your Elias or Alexa Bliss. You know, Alexa Bliss on NXT was pretty much a jobber slash manager. Mm -hmm. And now she's like a mega pushed talent on Raw and SmackDown. And again, like, I don't know if Bailey's being punished or whatever, but on Raw... Alexa comes out and jobs out Bailey in like three minutes. Just like beats her clean in the middle with a DDT. I mean, I think Alexa Bliss has her positives. She's obviously beautiful. She's a really good talker. She can get a lot of heat. But her wrestling pretty much sucks. You know, it kind of is what it is. Well, and it's. And she and she's. And, and from a believability standpoint, she's tiny. She shouldn't just be, like, dominating the other women. Well, and the believability, it's wrestling. I'm willing to suspend disbelief. That's. As long as in the course of the match, you're fighting in a way that kind of makes sense for your size. Like, when some people are like Daniel Bryan versus Brock Lesnar, why would you want to see that? Because it's like, I know that'll be. Because Daniel Bryan is a fucking in ring technician. He knows what he's fucking doing. He'll make the match interesting. Yeah, they will. They want to do that with someone like Alexa Bliss. She'll just like punch him and kick well, no, that's him what and I'm overpower saying. him. That's what I'm saying. Right. Like right. Alexa wrestles like she's like six feet tall. Yeah, I I don't know, but you look at what Bailey and Sasha did in NXT, and then you see the way they're being used in the main roster, and it's just a fucking shame. Yeah. What my my recommendation to Sasha would be because she listens to you, the podcast. Yes, exactly. Obviously. Exactly. If she actually really wants to leave and she's not just mad and she'll come back like a week later or something, if she really does want to leave, she should call Neville right now and ask him, did they just let you out of your contract or did you come up with some legal reason 
for them to let you out. Right. Because he had to sit home for like a year and a half or two years time. or something it was a long time. before they let him go. And yeah. I don't know if they just, you know, Triple H woke up one day and he was like, okay, okay. here's your release. Or if they, if his lawyer came up with something to get him out, I don't know what happened. I don't know. But that's who she should call immediately. And have that conversation, right? You know, employees can just quit. Not when you've signed a contract. No. To be an independent contractor. Yeah. Well, that's my point. Yeah, I know that's your point, honey. Well, that's the other thing. This is the other thing for Sasha. I think the word is she just signed a new contract last summer for like five years. And here's the thing. It's not like she was being used well last summer. She was pretty much a jobber then, too. I will say this, though, Alex. Because I, Sasha's one who drank the Kool-Aid. She's got the Eddie Guerrero dream. It's always wanted to be here. This is where I wanted to be. So maybe it was still, because uh, I agree, she wasn't being used well last year. But maybe she was still in that state of mind. All right, what do I have to do to make it better? What can I do to make it better? And then you get to a point where you realize it doesn't fucking matter. Well, maybe I think, that happened for her on Sunday. Yeah, I think the tag team championships were probably the breaking point because I think in her mind, she was probably thinking, okay, they won't push me as a single star. They don't. Be- Vince doesn't believe in me, whatever the problem is. I can't get a singles push. Maybe I can convince them that I can make these tag team championships mean something. And they kind of were starting that storyline of Sasha and Bailey were going to go brand to brand and defend the titles against all these different tag teams which was sounded cool yeah. and and that's when people were like oh man i would love to see like sasha and bailey against Kyrie and eo you know if you got that match and a freaking takeover people would be peeing their pants they'd be so happy yep and instead it's just like no you're they got there at a wrestlemania on sunday it's like you're dropping the tag titles to a comedy tag team you know like right Fuck. <laughs> and everybody What's has the their breaking point. Everybody has their break. Same thing happened to Punk. It was Thanks for taking away the one thing I could have contributed. With. What was it after the Royal Rumble that one year where he was just like, I'm, I'm fucking done. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Everybody gets to that point. And, you know, it's and not everybody. I shouldn't say everybody, but. Well, only so many people can marry the president's daughter. Well, that's another awkward thing for Sasha is her husband works there as a tailor. Right. So now he's got to go to work, and it's like, hey, where's your wife? And you know that they're... Oh, they're putting pressure yeah, on him. Yeah, of course they are. For sure. Of course they are. For sure. But... First well, chance they get, he's fired. Yeah, he's done. But, because uh, they're they're very like that. Um, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. But no, you just, you think back to, like, before Sasha came up, I have this very distinct memory of this panel. It was, like, Triple H, Sasha Banks, Seth Rollins, a couple other NXT people. And he's sitting there, and he's like, yeah, you know, this whole women's thing, it's really important, we really want to make it a a thing in the main roster. And he turned to Sasha, and he goes, and you're going to be a big part of that. So you've got Triple H juicing you up, like, I'm going to be a big part of this, like, women's thing on the main roster. And then you get there, and you're used like a fucking chump. And I I think... Triple H truly believed that. And he probably he still does believe it, but he doesn't get the final say. Well, and that's that's the problem. I mean, until he has the the control 
which will probably be never because Vince is never going to die, it's not going to matter. Yeah. So you can get, you can say all you want and whatever, whatever, whatever down in NXT, but it just doesn't matter. Well, and I was thinking about it the day after WrestleMania. This was before Raw. And this relates to Becky winning the championships. When I was trying to think, okay, who could challenge Becky now? What's the next program? Because Ronda broke her hand, so she's out. I don't know, Charlotte, they say like Charlotte might have suffered some sort of injury, but I don't think it was that bad. I think she's probably around, but they probably just want to take a break from the Charlotte thing with Becky for a while. Right. Maybe bring that back next year or something at WrestleMania. But I was trying to think like, okay, who are the heels? Like, who could they put in a match with Becky? And I was like, well, this is before I knew that Nia managed to destroy her body, but... I was thinking, like, well, here we go. It's going to be, like, Nia Jax. Like, she didn't get pinned in that tr- in that four-way. Right. Which, by the way, if you know Nia's hurt, why is she not the one eating that pin? But whatever. I, that's probably, like, again, they were probably bitching about it. So, they're like, okay, Bailey, you're getting pinned. You know? But she should have been the one getting pinned if she's going to be off TV for a year anyway. But uh, Well, see, and you're, like, thinking that through, though. Which I don't know that they do. So, my point is, I was trying to think about it. I'm like, okay, who are the heels for the women? Who are your top heels? I was like, well, there's Alexa Bliss, but I don't know if she's even able to wrestle. And then she showed up on Monday and wrestled. And that's a shitty program anyway, Alexa and Becky. That's just a terrible, those would be terrible matches. I mean, who are the other heel women? That you would consider to be at that level, to be challenging for a championship. Well, I mean, if you have Sasha be a heel, so I think Sasha would be great. Okay, so that's what I was getting around to. I was like, well, maybe if they turn Sasha heel, which you could inst- you could easily do that, you know. You could just have Sasha attack Becky from behind or right. something. And she, you could even play into the whole thing of, like, I've been being held down. I don't get any chances. You know, let her let her bitch and moan about that, and she could be a heel just complaining about everything. And they didn't. Instead, it's going to be Becky and Lacey Evans, and you know, uh, God bless Lacey Evans. She's fucking terrible too. It's the equivalent of Daniel Bryan winning at WrestleMania 30, and then immediately putting him into a program with Kane. I don't know why they always do this, where someone gets a big win and they must immediately go into a program with the worst wrestler. Because it's, especially I think in the in the Daniel Bryan case and the Becky Lynch case, it's, all right, motherfuckers, we gave you what you want, so shut the fuck up now, this is what we're doing. I do like that Becky's on, on Twitter just calling her new Charlotte, because that really is what she is. She's just knockoff Charlotte. Basically. But, yeah, that's going to be a terrible program, and... You know, maybe they will. Maybe they will do something where they call up Sasha and try to make her happy. And they're like, why don't you do a program with Becky right now? We'll just start it next week. Right. And maybe they could. And they'll be they'll use that to draw her in. And then two months from now, she'll be a jobber again. But maybe they will do something like that. I just, if I was her, I mean, it's easy for me to say, I don't know how much money her and her husband have saved up. She should just sit at home, let her body heal, 
and wait until they finally release her. Because they will let her out of her contract at some point. They'll make you stew for a while, though. They'll just make you sit at home for two years. And that might not be the worst thing in the world. And, and, you know, if she goes to AEW, she would be a top star there. This isn't like, this isn't like if, I don't know, Baron Corbin quit. AEW wouldn't give two flying fucks about Baron Corbin. If Sasha Banks was available, that would be your top woman. Yeah, that that would really be your top, top woman on the whole roster. And she would be used as such. Um, Because I don't think those guys are dummies. No. But... They don't appear to be, at least. Yeah. You know, but for now, we'll see what happens. I'm interested to see, because like you said, hearing her interviews and stuff over the years, I thought she had full-on drank the Kool-Aid and would work there forever. So it's amazing that... You know, I think there's like a few people that work there, right? There's the people who are just happy to get a paycheck. And then there's the people on the other extreme who are super competitive and think they should be like main eventers and think they should be able to have great matches. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think Sasha's head is. Then you kind of have people in the middle. Well, and not only that, but you go back to the punk interview, right? Where it was something he had a lot of passion for, something that he genuinely loved. But then it just it beats it out of you because yeah. it's, you're getting shit on constantly and you're you're asked to say thank you for the hat. You, you can't you, you just can't deal with that for so long unless you have it in such a way where it's like, this is my job. This is just my job. I am here to earn a paycheck. And that is all. Like, I think Sasha has a great passion for wrestling. Yeah. And that's like her art form. That's her way of expressing herself. And she's not being allowed to use it as such. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, we'll it's see what happens. It's a shitty situation it's, is what it is. It's definitely interesting. For, for me, being a fan of Sasha Banks, I hope she sits at home and gets her release. I would hope so too. Because they're never, I think it's very clear that for whatever the reason might be, She's never getting pushed. No. She's going to be mid-card geek for all eternity, and she's way better than that. She should get out. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, she just signed a new contract, so they're probably going to make her stew for a while. You know what, though, and that Alex? while might be two or three years. I mean, I, I don't know how much money she makes, and like you said, you don't know how much she saves, but she's been on TV consistently for how long has she been on the main roster? Two, three years now? It's been longer than that. Four or five it's been years? like four years of misuse. Jesus. So, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know how much money she makes, but she would hope that, you know, they've been smart about stuff. So, who knows? We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. <sighs> Kofi Kingston defeated Daniel Bryan, the new Daniel Bryan, for the WWE Championship. Did you see the this promo? Was, this was obviously the best thing on the show. It was great. Well, because one, you know, say what you will about Daniel Bryan. The man is like an artist in the ring. It's yeah. it's beautiful to watch his matches. And Kofi knows what he's doing, too. And it was one of those where we all know what the inevitable conclusion is going to be. You hope that they're going to act right. And it was great. I loved it. I thought it was wonderful. It was definitely the best thing on the show, far and away. I mean, the crowd was mega into it. Um the celebration afterward too was great 
Yeah, with the kids and everything. Well, and Woods, like, just bawling because it's like, this is, they've been talking about having Kofi win the championship for, like, years. Well, I think Xavier Woods is a good example of a guy who is probably really competitive, really smart guy, clearly. Mm-hmm. And he probably knows they're never going to push him as a singles main eventer. It's just not going to happen. No, not for him. So he's put all his focus and effort into trying to get them to use Kofi. And they got lucky that Ali got injured. And they a spot opened up and they convinced them to use Kofi. And, you know, I think Xavier Woods does other things in his free time to try to occupy himself. The up, up, down, down stuff. Mm-hmm. And... It's like, okay, I'm never going to get the push that I want or that I think I should get, but I'm going to put all my energy into other stuff. Well, and it's not only that, but I do think the three of them have grown because they've been doing the New Day shtick for what? It's a while now, isn't it? That's yeah, a long time. Um, But you can tell that they all are tight, that they all care about each other. And Kofi's been with the company for 10 years, 11 years, 12 yeah, years. And I think it's very much a we're going to give you the championship kind of as a career achievement type thing. Hey, which is fine. Yeah, it's probably not going to, you know, he'll probably lose the title two, three months from now or something. Which is fine, though, but but it's like this is a guy who's been a really good hand in your organization for a really long time. You know, you always give him those rumble spots, but he never wins the rumble. It's it's cool that he finally got his moment. And he deserves it. No, it was was awesome. It was the best thing on the show, for sure. And... WWE gets to use it as marketing to their uh, uh, independent contractors that, hey, look, see, it happens every now and then. I think this is the fourth black gentleman to hold the uh, title in the what? Or not even that. Just, I'm sorry, this is the huge cynic in me being like, this is that one rare one where they can hold it up and say, see, if you work really hard, eventually it'll pay off. Samoa Joe destroyed Rey Mysterio in like a minute for the, well, he already had to defend the United States Championship. Uh, this is the way Joe should be. Just wrecking people. Well, I think Rey's hurt. Yes. Yes. That's the only reason this was the match, but this is what Samoa Joe should be doing. You want to talk about being a geek on the main roster? What has he done since he got called up? Pretty much nothing. He's done the best with what they've given him. I mean, he's cut some really good promos. The stuff with AJ was really good. I was just going to say, yeah, but um, he kept losing. Yeah. And they can say wins and losses don't really matter all they want, but they do. Yeah, they do, yeah. It definitely affects your people's reaction to you. Yep. Next was Roman Reigns uh, defeating Drew McIntyre. This match fucking sucked. Yeah, I don't remember a lot about it. It was just boring and... No one cared. Well, here's the problem. We were getting into, after Kofi won, that was a very big moment for the crowd, and they had already been there. Five million years. Right. You had already been in that arena for an eternity, so you're wrecked. And then you look at your watch, and you're like, oh, we have four and a half hours of show more to go. Well, I think part of it, And we're going to kind of have to see how things progress. But it feels like the crowd still doesn't like Roman. But now, because of everything that's happened to him with the leukemia, Mm -hmm. 
they don't want to boo him because it looks bad. So now everyone's just sitting there on their hands and not making any noise. Which is the worst. So <laughs> we'll see if this Which is continu- amazing. We'll see if this continues where he comes out and just he gets no reaction and everyone's just really quiet because maybe that would finally be the catalyst to turn him heel because it, you need to do something to make it okay for people to boo him. Right. right. Because I still think people just don't like him even with everything that's happened. But they're just trying to be polite. Yeah. It. Right. Now it's like, well, I don't want to boo the guy with leukemia. We don't want to boo the cancer patient. Right. Yeah, exactly. So. We're monsters, but we're not that bad. <laughs> we're not we're not pure evil, Vince. So yeah, I just it was nothing. It was I just yeah, think they, they didn't special. have any they didn't have any chemistry. I thought it would be better than what it was. It, it was kind of a Roman Reigns victory lap because they didn't know. I feels like they didn't know that he would be back for Mania, and it was like, well, he's back. We got to give him a match. So just do this. Triple H defeated Batista in a no holds barred match. There was no reason for this to be as long as it was. It was like thirty minutes. And it's like, I understand Triple H. This is his thing. I understand. But this killed the crowd dead. I thought it was okay. Not at that time slot. Not that long. It was too long. They should have cut like 10 minutes off of it. And this shouldn't have been longer than 15 minutes. Also, it's weird that in a match where Triple H is supposed to be the baby face, he's torturing Batista the whole time. Well, the alignments don't matter. You know this. You're, you know this, Alex. Yes, it is very weird, but the alignments don't matter. I like the idea. That I like the whole thing of Ric Flair coming out to screw Batista as payback for attacking him. Well, that made sense, yes. But the match did not... It, again, we were at like 9.30. We've been in our seats forever. I don't need to be sitting here watching old man fighting for 35 minutes. Yeah, Batista looked good. I he mean, did look for good. His, for his age and everything. And oh, yeah. For not having wrestled in six years or something. Right, I mean, it's been he, a minute. He looked good. He moved around well. I thought it was funny, the whole thing where he, he tripped when he got into the ring. And he went outside the ring and entered again and entered very Careful. slowly. And he had a big smile on his face. Well, because I mean, he's like, I don't care. Batista's awesome. He really is. I mean, the promos leading up to the match. Everything. I mean, Batista did everything he possibly could. Well, and we think we knew going in that this match wasn't going to be anything special, but it it was just I it it was a night killer for me because afterwards I'm just like I'm tired, I'm so tired. You know, like this should have been earlier in the show. There was no reason for this to go on as late as it did. Baron Corbin defeated Kurt Angle. We don't have to talk about it. It was just kind of sad. <laughs> it really was sad. Yeah. I don't understand. Like, I we talked about this I'm sh- last time. I don't understand what they see in Baron Corbin. To me, he's just like a big, tall dork who yeah. has no athleticism and no doesn't draw any actual heat. It's go-away heat. It's not like we want to see you get beat heat. Well, and the whole like lone wolf character thing they had going with him for a while in NXT was like, okay, that's that's something. Now you have him dressed like a waiter. Yeah, bartender what? Corbin is just not doing it for me. Like what what is the what's the end goal here? Yeah, I don't it just It was just it, it 
didn't make sense for this to be the Kurt Angle goodbye match. And I know the guy just can't fucking move anymore. I understand that, but I don't know. It just felt like it, it made me sad more than anything. Finn Balor with the demon makeup defeated Bobby Lashley for the Intercontinental Championship. This match should have only lasted 30 seconds. The fact that it, it went on as long as it did. I feel like it was only like three or four minutes. It shouldn't so. have even been that long. It went on a lot longer than it should have gone on. Well, I like the idea, though, that they... Like, when he's wearing the makeup, he can do things he normally can't do. That's what they kind of added to this match. Oh, no, no, like, no. And I like that Powerbombing well. Lashley right. and everything. So they kind of added a new wrinkle to the makeup. Um, you know, I mean... It's cool. As long as the demon thing stays protected, it's cool. And we I would call like, it the fucking Demon King like they were doing for a while there. Yeah, I would like some sort of in-storyline explanation why he just doesn't use the makeup all the time. Like, why would you face, Bar- why would you face Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship and not use the makeup then? Like, well, argue that he should have. But then he would have lost, and well, it right, doesn't mean but, as much. But it's Brock Lesnar, and Brock Lesnar is the king shit of the fucking universe of the WWE. So, I, yeah, I would just like some sort of in-storyline reason as to why. Like, are they, could they claim, like, it takes it out of him? Like, he can only do it once every six months, you know? <laughs> I've used up all my power. He has to summon the demon? I don't know. There's some, price, some price to pay. <laughs> Every time he uses it, he takes a year off his life. <laughs> anything. I'll take anything. Mm. But I don't trust them with supernatural shit. Look what they did for uh, Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Listen. He's on his way back. I, yeah, I saw. We'll see what they do now. I ruin it even more. Like, hey, remember this guy? We're going we're gonna to piss on him a little more for you. Becky Lynch defeated Charlotte Flair, in case you didn't know, and Ronda Rousey to win the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championships. So she is now Becky Two Belts. I appreciated the ending, or how, what we got. This match uh, was fun to an extent, and then there was weirdness with the ending. Well, there were there were a few problems. So one, it was the last match, so everyone's dead after being there for ninety five hours. Yes. So the crowd wasn't that into it. If this would have been on in like the middle of the show, like Kofi's match, crowd would have been red hot. Or but, you cut certain stuff and or show you or go you to don't do a nine hour 30, show, right? Because um, here's the thing: not everybody has to be on the WrestleMania show. No, it should be special, right? This should be a special thing. This is the culmination of the storylines. And if you want to make it four hours, you want to do the six to ten thing, fine. I shouldn't be sitting here having to watch this until 1130. Four hours should be the absolute max. Correct. They they do not have the quality of wrestler to go beyond four hours. Correct. And if you look at this show, well, you know what, we'll get to that. With this match specifically, there were a couple problems. One, the crowd wasn't that into it. Two, they botched the finish. And I almost wonder if Ronda got her shoulders up on purpose to kill the finish. Why would you say that? Well, because it, pro- it makes it kind of pro- to protect herself 
So when she comes back, if she comes back and the storyline is it was a bullshit pin, then that's kind of like, that's why it makes me feel like, oh, she did it to protect her own status and invalidate. I didn't really the, get beat. That and kind of in, invalidate the win. Because if you notice, what kind of happened was it was a bullshit pin and everyone there saw her shoulders were up on one and mm-hmm. they called it out on commentary so there wasn't a big pop for the win. It was kind of out of nowhere. They should have had her either arm well, bar her or it, do a big move and then pin She should her. have tapped out to her, but it didn't. It felt like the match was just getting going, and then it just ended. Yeah, it was, it was a weird out of nowhere pin. People weren't ready for it, so there wasn't a big pop. And then it was hurt even more by the fact that her shoulders were up. And the, and the referee, did you hear the referee got fined? No. Because they're supposed to call the match like a shoot. Right, 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 right. And so when her shoulders were up on one, he should have restarted the count. You know who you needed out there? Kyoto. Kyoto will do it for you. But yeah, so he blew, the referee kind of blew it. Ronda blew it. I don't know why her fucking shoulders were up. And and then she popped up. and That's why I kind of think like it was on purpose because she popped up and complained and about it too. And was bitching right away. Yeah. And... Then on Raw, this is where I really know. I knew it was going to hurt Becky because it's kind of being viewed now as a bullshit win. On Raw, I really noticed it because Seth Rollins came out on Raw. Huge reaction. Kofi came out on Raw. Bigger reaction than Seth. Huge reaction. Ronda comes out an hour later on Raw. Like only an hour into Raw. Mild reaction. To a person who's been getting big reactions. So I kind of think the crowd was waiting to see, like, are they going to address that you got a bullshit win? Right, are we doing this? Or? And they're just ignoring it. They're just ignoring it and moving on. So clearly it was a botch. It wasn't supposed to happen like that. And so I could see right away, like, that win didn't help Becky like it should have. And now they're going to hurt her even more with the Lacey Evans feud. Well, they've been trying to throw water on Becky since... The whole thing started. I really don't think so, though. I think once it was clear Becky was a baby face, like they did the failed heel turn that actually made her more popular. Once they realized Becky was a baby face, they've been going with it ever since then. Now, you can argue they've done their usual bad booking and mistakes and they got there in a bad way. But that's everyone. That's not like they did. it. No, I know. I know. I know. That's everyone. It's just it's frustrating because it is everyone because they. They just don't appear to know how to do this so anymore. They are behind her. I mean, at this moment. And she is like, she's the top merch seller. I don't know what she does in the ratings. We'll probably won't know till Fox, because that's when apparently they're going to start giving out the quarter hours again. Oh, shit. So you'll actually know who's moving the ratings. But, I mean, they've been pushing her like a top star, and they still are. It's just they, Miranda blew the finish. And it was really Ronda's worst match yet, I think, on on in WWE. Well, because I still firmly believe it should have been a singles match. It would have been way better. Would have been a lot better as a singles, right? You didn't need Charlotte up in there, Charlotteing it up. But yeah, it just it was fine, and I don't know if I if I watched it again, because again we had been sitting in front of the television forever, and you're just spent by the end of the night. 
Yeah. Well, and also the first time you watch it, you're in deep fear that Becky's going to lose. Now, Alex, throughout the entire evening, as we kept getting the wins that we wanted, was like, there's no way Becky's winning. Becky's losing. She's losing. Well, that's the funny thing about the show and why it's kind of, you know, like the show is just... It was a very okay show. You know, it was like a five or six out of ten type of show. I would say for them, though, that's pretty good. And, and you know, part of it is the extreme length of the show. But part of it was also they did a lot of good finishes. I mean, pretty other than the tag, the women's tag title and Kurt Angle losing to Baron Corbin, I pretty much agreed with all their finishes Miz they, should have beat Shane, but well, yeah, but I'm okay with how they did it. I'm okay with how they did it. But it's just they had a lot of good finishes on the show, and the booking all made sense for the most part. The matches just didn't deliver, and I don't know if that's a time issue or what happened. But you know, Ronda and Becky and Charlotte—they had 20 minutes, and it just wasn't that good. Well, the stuff with the table was dumb. It was just. Yeah, it didn't do much for me. I liked Rhonda just flipping the table over and being like, fuck this table. I mean, that was pretty great. <laughs> there were moments in there. I that am the table. <laughs> that was when Charlotte hit it. That'll probably be on Botchamania. I'm sure it will be. Uh, he's probably got that episode out. You can check it before uh, once we're done with the podcast. Oh, Matthew. He's been doing that for like. Ever. A long ass time. Forever. Ugh. Probably under constant legal threat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's constantly got to be, like, jumping the YouTube channel. I don't even think he posts on YouTube anymore. I think it's all on Vimeo. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah. That was Mania. It was It was fine. It was fine. It was just way too long. They need to, like, if they're determined to do these long-ass shows, they got to start splitting them into two days or something. That's the suggestion I saw a lot online, actually, in the days after, was that you can do... Because no one gives... You know what? The fans shouldn't be at the Hall of Fame anyway, considering, especially what happened this year. Um, there's no reason for it. I understand they want to monetize it and whatever, but it, it doesn't need to be there, so... Or you need to start in, in, having some kind of an intermission in between. You know, if you want to do the big all-day thing, then do, like, the first part, you know, a little earlier, and then have, you know, half-hour, 45-minute intermission. So you can go you go to the bathroom, you go buy your stupid merch, go get some food or whatever, and then continue. you got to give people a breather, but... If you were going to buy food, what kind of food would you buy? I've never been to that stadium. I don't know. Would it be Hooters wings? If they sold Hooters wings, yes, I would get Hooters wings. Oh, could you imagine if you could get Hooters wings at a stadium, Alex? Could you imagine if we had Hooters during WrestleMania? Oh, wait. We did. You weren't here for it. I know. Came up big. I didn't feel like cooking. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. I would say go watch uh, NXT because that show was outstanding. Yeah, NXT was really good. And that was a three and a half hour show, but that show didn't feel like three and a half hours. Because it's consistently good. And everything everything was really good the whole show. Yeah. Other than the women's match, that was kind of okay. I enjoyed it, but no, you had that really good tag match at the beginning and it just, it was great. My favorite thing on the show was Matt Riddle and Velveteen Dream. 
I thought that was awesome. Velveteen Dream is just like operating on such a character level right now. Yeah. That's just it's it, he's untouchable. Well, and I thought what was interesting was Matt Riddle, when that m- match started, clearly was supposed to be the babyface, and Velveteen Dream was supposed to be the heel. And I f- think Matt Riddle, once he heard the crowd, changed the match. I think he reacted on the fly, which most of them absolutely would not do. Right. They would just do the match. Right. I think he changed it to make himself the heel as that match went on. Yeah, but, I mean, you know... I think Adam Cole and Gargano's like being a little bit overrated. Like I'm hearing people say it's like the best WWE match ever and stuff. And it's like I don't know that I would say that. Eh, I'm I'm feeling it's been overrated. The last fall was good. I know you were getting a little annoyed at everybody kicking out of yeah, everything that's, ever. That's the thing. I don't mind like kicking out of finishers. Like let's say Okada hits Omega with the Rainmaker, and then he crawls over slowly to make the pin, and Omega pick kicks out. That's okay. But when you're getting hit with, like, four finishers back to back to back to back, and then they pin you immediately, I mean, you should lose. I don't know why Johnny Gargano was suddenly superhuman. I mean, he did come out dressed as Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, well, so. did he have the suit on? Maybe he did. It's invisible. <laughs> no, I just that that for me was the thing was like I was getting a little worn down on because that's the other thing is all night everyone is kicking out of finishes. It wasn't like it was just that match. No, and that was what the problem was is that usually NXT is really really good about you know varying up the types of matches that you get right. Um, and I I thought that they were good about that. They always are, but the one consistent thing throughout all of the matches was you're getting these insane kickouts out of everything. Yeah, and talk about he, Pete Dunn v. v. Walter because that was outstanding. <laughs> Walter's awesome. Walter is glorious. <laughs> I have been listening to his theme music like all fucking week. I love that shit. I, speaking of the UK people, I saw that Paige on SmackDown said she's bringing a tag team to SmackDown next week. I'm assuming that means a women's tag team. And I'm thinking if it's a UK-based team, maybe they'll use her as the mouthpiece for, say, Rhea Ripley and someone else. Because to me, Rhea Ripley should be on the main roster, like, right fucking now. See, I haven't watched a lot of NXT UK, which, after watching Pete Dunne v. Walter, I, I need to be. Because that match was absolutely delightful. Well, I think she's really good for her level of experience, and that's, like, what they want, to me, is the big monster woman. So, bring up have somebody in that role who's actually good, not Tamina and Nia Jax, who just fucking suck on every level. Do you, Do you not like Nia Jax, Alex? Yeah, I brought up Tamina, too. Nobody likes Tamina. I'm just calling it like <laughs> I see it, dude. If someone sucks, they fucking suck. And I don't mind if you suck, but you don't have to be promoted as a main event talent. Fair. Unless you got that rock blood. Rock blood! Rock blood. Rock blood. Anything else? We saw last night in Shazam watching the credits. Oh, yeah. He was like an executive producer on that shit. Hmm. I'm looking. I'm like, that is Dwayne Johnson. There's only one Dwayne Johnson. What the fuck? So, yeah, that was interesting. 
Hey, um, I, I, while you guys were talking about WrestleMania for uh, what seemed like the length of WrestleMania, Go fuck yourself. Um, I did think of one topic uh, we did not cover earlier that will just, you know, really end the show on a high note. There we go. And that is Activision Blizzard monitoring the data of the app they give to their pregnant employees. Wait, they give them an app? So they pay for this app that um, their employees can download, and it helps them. It's I guess it's supposed to help them like monitor their pregnancy and. Yeah, but I'm not downloading an app from my employer for that. Well, it's not made by Activision Blizzard. Yeah, but they're like making it available for free for you. Yes, I would be very skeptical of they that. They claim the data is anonymous. That's bullshit. Uh huh. <laughs> Well, that's like my company has been pushing this app like hard for like six months. And everyone I know in the company is like, yeah, we're not downloading that. What app? It's a co- it's an app from the company. Oh, okay. And like, I don't want that on my phone. You know how to reach me if you need to reach me. But anyway. Guess how much they're paying these women for using this app. I'm going to assume nothing. You get a dollar every day you use it. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> no. I thought it was going to be something substantial. When I'm reading it, I'm like, a dollar? A dollar? Who is agreeing to this? And you know what happens? They get pressure from, like, the manager above them. Like, hey, you know, you should really use this app. Did you download the app? The Did company, you see the app? The company really wants to help you with your pregnancy. Well, and what is the app possibly doing that you can't get from other places that are not your company like your doctor <laughs> like like what are we doing here ladies there's got to be other apps they're probably free apps right that your company isn't giving to you okay what's activision blizzard selling your data what's activision blizzard up to here this is like some sort of cloning scheme i would say they're probably going to adjust their uh maternity leave in some way would be my guess if they mm-hmm. even have a maternity leave. That'll go over well. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I I will say, I mean, I'm interested to see what, ult- you know, like two years down the line after this has been sufficiently blown under and Activision finally makes a decision and we it gets out to us. Uh, I'm interested to see what they're doing because I, I do know a lot of companies are feeling pressure um, to increase their maternity leave um because and to and to also um offer paternity leave um we call that acting right paid parental leave is the new word uh phrase and uh it's not well that's that's the thing it's not acting right it's because the job market is really competitive right now you should offer that i'm saying you need to act right all companies should offer that they should, but that's not why it's happening. I know that's not why it's happening. It's because people don't want to work at a company that doesn't offer it. Right. So there's a lot of pressure it's to make it happen. The same with working from home or like mm-hmm. summer Fridays or that kind of shit. So it would be interesting to ultimately see what comes out of this because it could end up being a better maternity leave policy from activists. Oh, see, I was going to say they're going to make it worse. But It'll probably be worse. Yeah. That would be my guess. I'm just... What can we get away with? But, I don't know. It could be interesting. We've actually determined that for the best health of you and your child, you should really go back to work three weeks sooner. 
day after. You're back home. <laughs> the fuck? You're fine. I think... You're alive, aren't I you? Mean, I mean, I totally understand that cynicism, but I don't think... Uh, it's Activision. The, the, the job market... Bob, 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 Alex. Bob. If it was like maybe like Microsoft, I could say like, okay, Microsoft seems like they're trying. It's fucking Activision. The, the root of all that is evil. But the job market is just so brutal. Right? Unemployment is so low. There's not people to hire. That's the problem. People complain about jobs left and right. The job market right now is incredibly in the employee favor. Um, and people are taking advantage of it. Um, so you're right. I should have no optimism for Activision. But so then if it ends up good, you're you're surprised. In a good way. Yeah. So. That was the last thing. You're right. It was the last thing. Should I just say it? I mean, you usually you done? do. <laughs> Are you done? Are you Hug done? me. Hold me tight. You didn't seem too sure there. There was a question mark on the end. Okay. Deal with it. This has been a Puma Knife production.